Hello and welcome to the History of Fun, where we explore the hidden backstories of the things you love. My name is Russ Frostick, and today I'm joined by Allegra Frank. Hello, Allegra. Hello, Russ. Oh, that's my voice. I'm a newscaster. <laughs> and I'm also joined by Chris Plant, who is our expert today on a very interesting topic. And a topic that I wouldn't say is, quote, fun, but I think it's fun and It's incredibly silly. fun. Oh, okay. I'm now, now I, I'm really excited. I will, I will get you there. Because I, I am here to defend the fun of my topic. Okay. Um, normally, I would do kind of the elevator pitch, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. But today, Last I'm Last time to... you did this, you didn't do one either. So now you're, you're giving up on that entirely. Two weeks oh my God. No, 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 this is kind of that. It's still kind of the same thing. Go with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read an excerpt um, from the New York Times. Okay. From a long time ago. Okay. Imagine the scene on St. Nicholas Eve in a farmhouse in Austria, Switzerland, what or year South is Germany, 1934. Okay. It's 1934. The children tremble with expectancy. They mumble their catechism over and over again, for they must recite it to the saint. That's St. Nicholas. A few candles send strange shadows trooping around the dim room. Outdoors, the first winds of winter are whining. The door bolt, the door bolt rattles, and in strides Nicholas, gold, gold embroidered uh, cape sparkling in the candle flicker, mitre towering on his head, long white beard tucked in his broad scarlet girdle, a mighty staff in one hand, and the bishop's ring glittering on the other. The children still recite their catechism. The ready ones receive his blessing and sweet meat trifles. Those who stumble over their phrases, however, had better beware, for behind the good saint and his his servant, Necht Rubrecht, a shaggy monster shaped like a man with a skin of coal black fur, red satanic horns above its ears, protruding red eyes, and scarlet tongue that hangs hungrily out of its mouth around its waist is a clanking chain. On its back is a basket to carry off wayward children, and his right hand a rod. Ruprecht! reproves the bad ones in a croaking voice and moves forward to seize them. But Nicholas intercedes, and they are saved. For this time. (laughs) (laughs) That is from the New York Times in December 1934. Can we just say New York Times? It was like just reading a good book right there. Well, very poetic, (laughs) I would say. Yeah, they were were having fun. Yeah, man. And and that was a long paragraph without any racism, which... Good on them. Don't Very worry. good. Do not worry. <laughs> we will get there. And even as it turns out, there might have been something buried in there that we'll get to that still oh runs into it. Oh Wouldn't God. be an episode I, of I history of the fun it, without it. That, that is true. I did find it interesting <laughs> that Santa tucks his beard into his girdle. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that seems dangerous. Jeez. So, I, interesting that you said Santa. That's going to be something that we're going to get into. Is that not mm. Santa? He said Saint Nicholas. Saint That's Nicholas. Santa. Nicola. Saint Nicola. Saint Nicholas. Saint Nicholas. What a different guy. That's got to be Santa. Santa Claus. Santa. Not all of them are identical. Um, they do all bring gifts and they reward children for good behavior. Um, but in areas where the topic of today's episode, Krampus, 
is celebrated. <laughs> St. Nicholas uh, gives the good things to kids, but then bad children, uh, they, they have to deal with Krampus. Uh, and he is the anti-Santa, where the good kids are getting rewarded, bad kids get kidnapped <laughs> and terrified <laughs> and thrown in like a lake, or in some cases, hell. I thought they get uh, thrown a- in his his basket well that's yeah he puts him in the basket and oh, he's like and what am i gonna do now that my basket's full of kids and he's like i don't know empty him in a lake and and all they had to do was mess up the catechism boom baby um <laughs> no they had to be like bad kids okay but you could kind of tell because you know like a good kid would never mess up the catechism obviously anyway thank you for humoring me this is the origin of krampus what i'm going to do uh, during this episode, is first I'm going to teach us about Krampus. I'm going to Krampus. Uh, you Krampus. keep saying it with an accent, but it's it's no, we're talking no. about Krampus, right? Krampus. Yeah, Krampus. Um, Russ. Can I remind you, Plant is the expert. Krampus. Here. Well, I want to make sure people know what we're talking about. So uh, we'll we'll post this in in a uh, in a tweet for for the listeners. Um, there's a site that gives you all the pronunciations and all of the uh, places that actually celebrate Krampus. They say it like that, and it's great. And then you get to the American one, and they're like, eh, Krampus. <laughs> it, Krampus? No, it's Krampus. So, we're going to get some origins. We're going to learn about why uh, Krampus is actually just a magnificent gift to the holidays for everybody, whether or not you live in an area that celebrates them. And then I'm going to do something extra special, because this is, this is the history of fun. I'm going to teach people how to celebrate. Uh, Krampus Day, huh? so that they can have Krampus. Krampus has a day? Too. Yes, Krampus does. <laughs> Krampus. <clears throat> so here's the origin. So there actually isn't a rock-solid origin story of Krampus. Uh, a number of anthropologists and historians believe the character kind of morphed um, from pre-Christian Germanic pagan traditions. Some, and this is uh, quoting something that we'll get to shortly, believe Krampus derives from basically pagan supernatural beliefs uh, that were assimilated with the more blunt idea of the Christian devil. Um, there were already a lot of pagan celebrations that were focused on December 22nd, which is the longest night of the year, um, and those involved goat-like figures uh, similar to Krampus. The obvious one would be the Wiccan Horned God, which is one of the main gods of Wiccan beliefs. Um, and if you see a picture of it, you can kind of see the similarities. And we'll get into just specifically what Krampus looks like shortly. Um, though I, I saw this, and I didn't see it anywhere else, but it's interesting. The National Geographic claims Krampus is believed to be the son of hell in Norse mythology. Oh, uh, that doesn't sound right. No, it, it really doesn't. Um, <laughs> and it's weird because I could not find it anywhere else, but... They did, the National Geographic did publish a book on Krampus in, uh, in German, so there might just be a lot more information that they have access to. Um, hmm. Something that I'll be talking about also is there's not a lot of information on Krampus in English, um, which is kind of a problem. So you learned all sorts of languages just for this episode. Why do you think I'm pronouncing it so well? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's going to be very upset on how I'm botching it. Um, <laughs> So a report from 1975 by anthropologist John J. Honigman explains um, how Austrian culture 
kind of saw this merging of Christian traditions, beginning with like St. Nicholas being introduced in the 11th century, um, and then also just pagan ideas that were uh, popular in the region, um, like animal masked devils kind of mm. merging, and they would first appear in medieval church plays. So it was something that was like extended across the year, uh, and it could bubble up during certain holidays. Um, we'll largely be talking about Krampus in Austria, because there's just so much more writing on it. Kind of like what happened with us um, when we were talking about trick-or-treating in, uh, in Ireland. It's like, yeah. really, you could, with Krampus, you could go in like a million different rec- directions because each of these regions kind of has its own variation on it. And that's why at the very top, you notice that I said Nectaruprecht there are so many variations on Santa's kind of assistance um, that are all kind of the same and in some ways very different depending on mm. which. But Krampus is like a very, very popular one that runs adjacent to, to that one. Um, okay, so with that set, by the 17th century, uh, Krampus had been paired with St. Nicholas Day Eve on December 5th. Um, and they basically, Krampus and St. Nicholas are this duo um, scouting together for good and bad children, which when <laughs> I see that written on an outline is really gross and upsetting. Just like, yo, you got any kids? Cool. But, but it's on December 5th? Yeah, so, what's up with that? So here's, here's why that works. And why I said this is different than Santa Claus. Um, do you know about St. Nicholas Day? No. No. So, oh, thank goodness you have... Uh, uh, by birth Catholic uh, in your presence. Um, St. Nicholas Day is a separate holiday, and it's on uh, the feast day of St. Nicholas. Um, it's like each saint has, most saints have a, a feast day in the Catholic Church. And uh, St. Nicholas is actually earlier in December, unless you're talking about uh, certain Eastern forms of Christianity and Catholicism, but I won't go deep into that. Not relevant. Going too mm. deep. I'm sorry. Pulling it back. Um, but December 6th would be St. Nicholas Day, and the way you would celebrate that, especially in, like, um, American, uh, Catholic households, is you would put your shoes out, um, on December 5th night, and you might put, like, hay in them (laughs) for St. Nicholas's horse. Oh, or reindeer, mm. d- depending on how far they perverted the original idea. <laughs> um, and then they would eat that in St. Nicholas in, in like, as a symbol of gratitude for you being a good child would leave little gifts or coins or, like, treats in your It shoes. sounds like Christmas light is what it sounds like. It really mm. is, yeah. I mean, it's like a way to, like, sneak in maybe one more toy, you know, yeah. ahead of Christmas where you're like, oh, I really want this thing. I don't think I can wait till Christmas. Wow, yeah, I didn't I know. I need Red I, Dead I, now, baby. <laughs> Put it in my shoes. I didn't know anything about this. Yeah, so the idea is that is the morning of December 6th, the night before, would be when Krampus night is happening. Okay. Okay, so mm-hmm. that was the 17th century. Um rapidly uh it expands it's uh now spread across austria um and what would be the Habsburg empire so croatia hungary slovenia slovakia czech republic lots of other alpine regions too but those are the biggies um 
And what's weird is I mentioned that there's not a lot of writing on this in English. If you go for like, do the, you know, uh, quick hit blog post across the internet of like, hey, Krampus exists. They all cite the same piece from 1958 mm-hmm. by uh, Maurice Bruce. And it's literally a four paragraph chunk of a history book um, called The Krampus and Styria. And it effectively <laughs> describes him uh, talking about the horns, the, the shaggy black hair, um, that he wields birch twigs. Uh, and, and, and that's it. And it's like that is kind of for in the Western region seems to be the origin uh, of him. And, and in terms of like people in, in the States knowing what Krampus even is. Um, and even then it's like, yeah, it's Krampus, but it could also be Bartle. Um, it could be getting into racial variations of Bartle. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but it, effectively, all of them just boil down to like cautionary tale. If you're a jerk, this happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's kind of the. It, like I said, it's it's less about oh, you're gonna get rewards for being a good kid, and more like hey, don't be a little, you know, bleep. Yeah, family <laughs> because uh, this this like furry demon spawn will come and get you. And here's why you should be afraid. This is the look of Krampus or Krampus. Uh, it's a lumbering half goat demon. Which half? Um, like he like kind of looks like a goat if you broke all of its uh, bones and then made it stand like a human. Uh. Like um, and it stands on two legs as cloven hooves, goat horns. Goat face? Uh, yeah, well, like, monster face. Oh, like, yeah. Like, like, um, uh, like a demon dog. Almost. Does it have those creepy goat keyhole eyes? Kind of, but, like, dead. Uh Yeah. Bleh. Um, it, and you know how, like, some dogs have that, like, cute tongue where it dangles out of their mouth? But you're like, yeah. oh, actually, that's sad. It's something's wrong with it. <laughs> um... It has that too, but it's this like big black tongue, and it's kind of like a giraffe or a snake's tongue, depending on how they design it. And it just giraffe like tongues are cute. It just like no, walls out of its mouth at all ew, times. Snake then, tongues are gross. In some versions of it, it has like a giant lizard-like tail. Blah. Yeah, I don't know. He seems kind of cool. No, he's scary. Um, this is from Time Magazine in 1953. A, a description of it. Uh, also, I, I, I think this is probably culturally insensitive, but I don't know. It begins, <laughs> as little Hans or Fritza, carrying <laughs> behind his mother's skirts, yeah. definitely proclaims his virtue. Krampus rattles a huge chain or lashes the air with a switch in menacing disbelief. Sometimes he even comes equipped with a large basket in which to carry off young people whose stories clearly don't wash. I like that no matter what, he uh-huh. still shows up. Like, he's always, even if you are the nicest person ever, he's still got to come and see and prove, like, you have to prove it to him. Sure, yeah. I mean, that, that's how you make it menacing. Because, like, Santa, whatever, shows up while you're sleeping, you wake up and the milk is gone, right? But there's <laughs> no visual evidence of him. But True. here they're saying Krampus shows up at your house, stares you dead in the eye, and is like, recite your favorite Bible verse, or else... That seems, like, provable, like, they could be like, yeah, that's not really happening. Yeah. 
No, it's true. This is it from, seems like um, they haven't really thought it through. <laughs> this is from that piece that I, I told you that everybody cites um, from uh, Bruce. Uh, the birch, apart from its phallic significance... Oh, boy. Um, ...may have a connection with the initiation rites of certain witch covens, uh, rites which entailed binding and scourging as a form of mock death. The chains could have been introduced in a Christian attempt to, quote, bind the devil. Uh, but again, they could be a remnant of a pagan initiation rites. Uh, the, 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 the bit about the phallic significance, I immediately was like, tell me more. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's that about? And as far as I can tell, I, I believe in the Wiccan comparison is birch branches, uh, or they were called rootin were um associated with incubi oh yeah okay um hmm. so there you sex go sex devils now you can cue the incubus <laughs> and drive no um, we don't have the rights <laughs> i've actually never heard an incubus song by the way but oh, that's someday. a different episode that's a very different episode this is the history <laughs> of fun um <laughs> the chains uh can they also can have bells attached to make noise <clears throat> and the basket on his back it can also be a large sack uh, hmm. or a wash tub. Um, okay. A claim on Amex Group, um, so, which is kind of like um, Wikipedia, but for like actual research. <laughs> um, yeah, it's wild. Um, suggested the abduction of children dates back to the abduction of Northern Europeans by the Barbary slave trade. Whoa. But... Um, the, the citation, while giving, it gives a history book, didn't offer a page number or a quote. So that will be today's, uh, bing, 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 giant fact with a huge grain of salt. <laughs> We're not going to take that for what it is. Um, but Amix Group does correctly note that abducting kids is a recurring thing amongst, uh, St. Nicholas cohorts. And here it is. Uh, here's the day's episode of getting into the racist stuff. Uh, most notably, Zwart Piet, uh, oh, yeah. or as some people might know him, Black Peter, uh, which this is the part of the episode where we run into people uh, justifying blackface because they've been doing it for the past hundreds and hundreds of years. Weesh. Yeah, it's not good. It, it's, he's like a, um, like a, the look of him is like a court musician. He's in Holland, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And and they everybody paints their faces black to dress up. Yeah, as him. yeah. Which is uh, again like not limited to that saint. That's it's a whole thing. This episode of the History of Fun is sponsored by the On Her Turf podcast from NBC Sports. The On Her Turf podcast highlights amazing women who are champions on and off the field and who motivate everyday people to be the best versions of themselves. Join host Catherine Tappan as she speaks with a new powerhouse guest each week, from WNBA star Candace Parker to the owner of the Buffalo Bills, Kim Pagula. Learn what drives them and how you can apply lessons they've learned to your everyday life. Listen to the On Her Turf podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, there we go. Now you know what uh, uh, Krampus looks like. Um, we're going to talk about the fall of Krampus. You oh, might no. think... Krampus. I've just heard about him. I've just learned about him. He seems, he seems so to be doing great. How could, he, how could he be doomed? Well, I'm glad you asked, because the answer is Nazis. Oh no, uh, isn't after, it always? After the 1934 uh, Austrian Civil War, Krampus was prohibited by the ruling parties. Oh. Um, which is effectively to say 
fascists. Um, and this is in New York Times uh, on December 11th, 1934. This is long. I apologize up front. So I'm going to take a, wa- uh, a sip of water. You want to fill for me? Yeah, so in 1934, <laughs> times were rough. Okay, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> that historical context. I'm going to read the whole article because it is perfect and it just gets better the further we go. So I, I, I know that I see the look on your face right now, Fresh. You're skeptical. Yeah. Trust me. Okay. 19, December 11th, 1934. The headline is Krampus. Disliked in fascist Austria. The deck is genial black and red devil, symbol of Christmas fun, is frowned upon. <laughs> the subhead is Santa Claus is licensed. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> but then the second deck is in Leanne's, the police have orders to see that he, Santa Claus, behaves at family parties. Wow. You might think what? that can't be real. The police can't be checking in on every Santa Claus party. Just you wait. Um, here it is. The Uncaguid have uh, having succeeded in sewing Austria as thickly with the verboten orders as Germany itself are seeking for new evils to conquer. No longer is that pleasant Austria alive, of which it used to be said, while in England, everything is allowed, which is not expressly forbidden. And in Germany, Everything is verboten, which is not expressly allowed. Here in Austria, everything which is expressly forbidden is allowed. I like that. <laughs> Austria sounded fun before fascists. Um, <laughs> nowadays, it might be said that everything which was allowed in the Austrian Republic oh is expressly forbidden in fascist Austria. Get them, New York Times. I don't know if I like that construction, but yeah, they it, thought it, they were a little too clever. It's punchiness. Now, the very virtuous are massing for an attack on the harmless, if not necessary, Krampus, the genial black and red devil who brings candles and delights to children, which St. Nicholas, Santa Claus, used to bring. So what you might have noticed here is uh, over all of the time that we've talked about this, Krampus has become so loved that people are like basically using him as a replacement for Santa Claus. Oh, because so he's Saint like Nicholas, an anti-hero. Yeah, he's, he's like, like he's Deadpool. so boring that people are like, yeah, I'm all about that monster who's going to abduct my children and throw them in hellfire. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, originally, St. Nicholas, with Bishop's Crook and Mitre, brought the gifts accompanied by the Krampus, whose office it was to birch the naughty children mm. and to carry off the really bad ones in his sack. Nowadays, the bishop takes a back seat, and all Vienna shop windows are aflame with the grinning red and black Krampus on postcards, chocolate boxes, modeled in biscuits or elaborate hors d'oeuvres. And he was the Hello Kitty of his time. And Krampus Aww. balls are the first sign <laughs> of tr- Christmas jollification. This will not do, says Catholic Leben, the organ of the Austrian Catholic Union, which has discovered that, are you ready for it? Red Krampus is read inwardly as well as outwardly. I don't know what that means. Jesus, this is so weird. the work of the wicked socialist Democrats. Oh, it's a communist thing. Oh. Oh. Quote, okay. particularly since the socialists came to power, says the paper, in all solemnity, a red-tailed, long-tagged devil has replaced the venerable prince of the church. The devil seeks to destroy what the saint created with love. Christians are called upon to boycott poor Krampus. Boo. The prefect of Lienz, the capital of East Tyrol, 
has forbidden anyone to visit Krampus dances, anyone who wishes to play the role of Santa Claus and family parties has to apply for a license from the mayor. Oh my God. The police have been given orders to see that Santa Claus, duly licensed, behaves himself properly and to arrest the devil at sight. <laughs> Fascists have no fun. That is terrible. Fascists suck. Um, but you would think like, okay, that's fascism, right? And Nazis. They're awful. Surely, immediately after they're gone, people are like, what up? Krampus is back. No. False. Anti-Krampus sentiment continues well after World War II. From 1953 Time magazine, uh, head of Vienna's kindergarten system, Dr. Ernst Kottbar, uh, warned parents that the, uh, quote, effect of an interview with Krampus might well leave their children scarred for life. Kottbar distributed this warning in a leaflet titled, Krampus is an evil man. <laughs> uh, the uh, Time magazine cites a local Vienna paper, um, where they say, there is too much fear in the world already. Unemployment, high taxes, not to mention the atom bombs. Let's begin by throwing out Krampus. <laughs> it does require a level of like comfort in the, uh, I don't know. It, it's obviously like, a, like an ironic concept that you have this like evil creature who becomes like this. It's like, you know, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Yeah. But, so I so I like get all of in like times of war, it might be tough to like. Well, get hyped. I'm glad that you said that because you're setting okay. me up for something right here. Yeah. All um, part of the plan. So there's <laughs> now uh, these these days, Krampus is huge, especially in Austria. Um, there is now an annual national Krampus celebration, and uh, according to a 2013 report in Christian Science Monitor. A single Krampus run in Graz had uh, 35,000 attendants. Wait, what's a Krampus run? Oh, we're going to get to that. But right now, just <laughs> imagine people dressed as Krampus running. Oh, it's like SantaCon. <laughs> Got it. Okay. okay yeah. SantaCon. <laughs> um, according to the Telegraph, and here's what you set me up for. In, 20, in 2015, the town of Lienz worried that celebration would terrify asylum seekers from Afghanistan and Syria. For a moment, they thought, hey, we got to cancel this parade. This is utterly horrifying. Yeah, it requires a lot of context. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then they were like, oh, dang. If we cancel this, all of the locals are going to like be so PO'd at the asylum oh, yeah. seekers. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they put together um, basically... <laughs> Krampus education seminars and around a dozen children from the refugee families were invited to participate in a presentation of the props and costumes involved in the parade in advance um and so that they that way they'd be like oh i guess this isn't horrifying because you like made it boring school work yeah that no that's very smart i, I like that idea can i just it's say like this has taken so many ludicrous terms isn't it it's, it's it is it's fascinating Krampus is a gift. Oh, it's in here. I'm going to talk about how it came to the United States, which is more ludicrous. Um, this is a piece by the National Geographic that credits um, art director Monte Bouchamp um, for making Christmas big in the U.S. Uh, this is a quote. Uh, after a collector introduced him to Krampus postcards from the 19th and 20th century, 
uh, Beauchamp published some in two of his uh, two issues of his magazine, Blab, which has an exclamation point. <laughs> sure. Uh, and followed that with two books of Krampus cards in 2004 and 2010. After that first book, um, a Los Angeles art gallery was like, hey, we love this guy. Um, and they worked together to like do a Krampus inspired exhibition where a whole bunch of artists were asked to like create things inspired by those postcards. And from there, it, it just like takes off, right? It's in like a big city. People see it. Suddenly it's this like cool thing that is anti-Christmas, but Christmas. And like you said, it's the, it's the anti-hero fun. It's like, oh, I can celebrate this thing while also being kind of edgy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just takes off like wildfire. Um, within years of that gallery exhibition, Krampus runs are happening in the States. Krampus merchandises uh, popping up in stores. And there's a Krampus movie starring oh. Adam Scott. Hey, oh, my yeah. boy. Called Krampus. Yeah. <laughs> Pronounced Krampus. Um, so I, I personally am pro-Krampus. Um, and, and that's why I'm going to help everybody celebrate him. Um, he, he totally gets under the skin of Nazis and fascists. Yep. Great. He is all at once Christian, secular, and pagan. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody's pretty much invited um and he's like pagan in a time when pagan and mystical culture um is like having this boom because it's a reprieve from uh everything that's awful in the world and you can see reporting on this by amanda hess at the new york times i would encourage you to google it um and it's like invite secular folks to celebrate christmas and the holiday season without having to really celebrate it. And anytime that there's like a good secular hero, <laughs> I'm all for it. The bad boy of Christmas. Sure, the bad boy of <laughs> Christmas. Also, I'm, I'm, I am like a big fan of people finding ways to have fun being scared that are like safe, mm. right? Like it's like healthy and empowering, like reading an R.L. Stein book to <laughs> be able to confront your fears, but then also be like, oh, but also we're having fun. Like this, this thing is absolutely terrifying and it abducts children, but like <laughs> it's not actually going to hurt anybody. Again, unlike the rest of the world where you like you get on Twitter and you're like, these things are horrifying and they will make people's lives actually worse. <laughs> so big fan of safe fear uh, yes. versus real fear. Although I would say there's probably an age where it's appropriate to be informed of Krampus. And I would say, don't tell babies about Krampus. Yeah, I don't know how old a baby needs to be before Krampus becomes a good idea to tell them, but... I'm dressing my baby up as Krampus. Yeah, but <laughs> your baby doesn't really follow the intricacies of, like, the Other implications babies. of being kidnapped by a monster sure, and thrown sure. into a lake. <laughs> well, I whisper that into his ear, but you're right. He okay, good. Get it. So he'll know that. <laughs> um, I think okay. you make, like, a good argument for why we should be pro-Krampus, but he's just so scary looking. He is, but, yeah, but he's, he's going to become harmless. less scary as we talk about how you're going to celebrate Krampus night. He's, he's <sighs> like Sweetums. He is. Also, there are, <laughs> cute, there are cute versions of him. Oh, mm. thank God. Which I can, we can share on the Twitter. By um, San Rio? Yes, like that. <laughs> um, here's, here's how to celebrate. Um, first off, it's called Krampus Nacht. Krampus mm-hmm. Night. Yep. Remember, again, typically... <clears throat> December 5th, the night of December 5th, this is St. Nicholas Day Eve. And the best part is, if you're already doing this, put your shoes out the next morning and get free candy. Uh, Don't <laughs> somebody will put it there for you. 
Um, traditionally, it would be celebrated with a parade um, in which the participants in Europe, mostly men, dress up as Krampus. But again, these are now held in, U- in the U.S. And if you Google it, you'll probably find one near you. Um, they're surprisingly common. They're also the, uh, the Krampus runs that we talked about, which mm-hmm. are slightly different. Uh, and those are called Krampuslauf. Um, and these are like you already made the comparison, Fresh. Basically, SantaCon is a ripoff of a Krampuslauf. Um, <laughs> I do like it because it probably requires more effort than SantaCon, where you just see people like in Santa hats, like kind of half assing it. But here, you really have to go out to like convince people that you're dressed as Krampus. Yeah, you have to get like a really scary mask. Maybe make mm-hmm. one. Sometimes people yeah. make them out of like wood. Um, these are somewhere between parades and runs and pub crawls. People dress up as Krampus. Um, they get totally wasted. Yeah. Um, they run through the streets. It is like pretty much acceptable, as far as I can tell, and looking at videos and photos of this in Europe to terrify children if they are somehow still out <laughs> at night. Um, like that's part of it. Um, and it's customary to um, serve participants fruity brandy schnapps. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you can also send Krampus Karten, which are greeting <laughs> cards featuring Krampus. Um, postcards actually may be responsible for the original rise of Krampus, like that period where he becomes even bigger than St. Nick. Um, this is from a, a separate piece of, from National Geographic. Also, word up, National Geographic is on the Krampus beat. They've written Hitting like that be hard, things. Nat Geo. Yeah, wow. Yeah, th- you can tell that they must have like found some SEO gold here because there's about 17 different stories that they've done. They have all those Bigfoot shows. It seems like they should go after this one as well. You know, that's true. Um, <laughs> manufacturers uh, started to, this is a quote from the, the, the piece, manufacturers started to commercialize Krampus after 1890 when the Austrian government relinquished control over the nation's postcard production. Causing the industry to flourish. Between, the in, between then and World War I, German companies sold Krampus Christmas cards in Germany, Austria, and other countries, often with slogans like, I'm going to try, Gruß vom Krampus, <laughs> greetings from Krampus, oh. or Brav sein, be good. <laughs> My new favorite thing is plant reading German. Thank you. <laughs> Um, it's all, so I, I think the, the, the easiest way is like, you, maybe you aren't going to be able to find a parade or like a run, right? But if you make it just like a night of arts and crafts, that's the best way to do it. Cause then you're not going out being scared by other Krampus people, you know, mm. you can put the movie on, um, to get th- that fun going. You could find like an old Halloween costume and make your own masks, uh, with paper, put some spiced brandy on the stove or like something that doesn't have alcohol in it for, for children. Um, <laughs> and, and you can make uh, cards and you can make them probably better than they did in the past because I looked at some of them and they tend to get very raunchy. Uh, a lot of them, uh, Krampus is not stealing children. He's definitely stealing uh, books of the women. Uh, <laughs> and oh, his dear. tongue is like, not, it's gross. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you want a trip, Google that. Um, uh, parental warning advised. So that's it. 
Um, uh, want to give some shout outs, uh, Smithsonian mag, uh, the Christian science monitor, Omix group, uh, just gobs of the, uh, various people we cited blab. Um, and yeah, I, I think the, the story of Krampus, I, I was really excited for this and it was far more interesting than I even really expected it to be. I, I am also very surprised at how uh, big and interesting it is. I did know about the Adam Scott movie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Krampus appears in the video game Don't Starve. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're too bad, he shows up. That was basically all I really knew. Uh, no, a quick note about Adam Scott movie ends hilariously. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone, but it really has one of the best horror movie endings ever. Ooh. So I highly recommend you watch that cool. one. I'm going to watch it. Cool. Um, uh, but yeah, that was great, Plant. Well done. Um, I'm gonna. I have uh, t- two reader-only memories. Oh, good. Um, do you want to do the song? Sure. Reader-only memories with Krampus. Was that you uh, trying to be German? <clears throat> yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> my my um, last name means breakfast. It's fine. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> so here we go. Um, this is from uh, STFN or Zer Strubar on uh, Twitter. My grandpa grew up with St. Nicholas's evil companion, Nectarubrecht, uh, who, as we've already discussed, is similar yes. to Krampus. Uh, so he would kind of play both as our Santa, and he wore this mask, which we will share on the account once this episode goes live. It is deeply upsetting it just looks like a santa mask but it's so dead behind the eyes that you immediately understand how he could be both um and also uh longtime listener evan weston uh made a tabletop rpg a few years ago and it's a christmas tabletop rpg and you can play as krampus and it's free so we'll also share that so people can give that a try if they're like a good night activity and because we don't have a lot of reader-only memories, uh, one other thing I would encourage everybody to do is look up Christmas ghost stories if you are in the mood for um, some like spookiness this season. Christmas ghost stories were actually a huge, huge thing um, in Europe. Uh, Christmas Carol is like the best yeah, known Yeah, I know one. that one. Uh-huh. Um, but there are all sorts of great Christmas ghost stories, um, many by authors you might already know. Um, and I'm not going to give like specifics. Maybe I can share some on Twitter, sharing some of my faves. But again, if you want to go down a Google hole that will, I think, add that extra spookiness to your holiday season, do that. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. I Thank you, like- Chris Plant. <laughs> I feel like you just continue to make me afraid of the Krampus, but I will try to love it for no, you. No, he okay. seems great. I'm, <laughs> I'm fully on board with Krampus now. I won't say it the way you say it just because I'm just I'm a Mario kind of guy and I say Krampus, <laughs> but I love him. He's great. Um, thank you, Chris Plant, and thank you for listening to another episode of the History of Fun. If you wouldn't mind and you haven't done so yet, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We always appreciate and see those reviews and we re- appreciate you doing that and taking the time also let everyone know about uh the show on twitter if you wouldn't mind 
You can also follow each of us on Twitter, uh, Legs Frank for Allegra. I'm at Russ Frostick, and Chris Plant is at Plant with an E at the end. Uh, otherwise, we will be back next week for more fun and adventure in the history of fun where we explore the hidden backstories of the things you love. Leave those tips. <laughs>